It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, January 2nd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is looking forward to seeing what the Flyers can do up against a tough Oilers team. This is a tough one, a really tough one. We'll get into that, plus it's Phantoms Tuesday, so we'll dig into the goings-on in Lehigh Valley all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. We are over on YouTube, the SiriusXM app, anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, the Edmonton Oilers are, in fact, going to be tough competition for the Flyers, um, much more difficult than the Kraken and the Flames, the last two teams that the Flyers faced and uh, had difficulty against. and. So this team is just going to have to find a way to step it up, right? Yeah, no question. I mean, right now, Edmonton's on a little bit of a roll. They're finally in a playoff spot for now. But if they ever go on a losing streak, they could drop out too. Uh, but they're, they've gotten hot. They made their changes. McDavid and Dreisaitl are hot as, as firecrackers right now. And a lot of what you saw yesterday now, Calgary is a better defensive team. Edmonton is better than they used to be defensive, but they're not great. But then the offensive part is great. And so this is a game where you worry about the fourth line. This is a game where you worry about struggling players, Tyson Forster, Cam Atkinson. Like you struggle against them, you got to watch it because they're such good skaters. Uh, it could be a problem. You know, looking back on the post game uh, after the game in Calgary and you could sort of read a lot into what John Tortorella was saying, even though he had one word responses, because, you know, when he gets those one word responses going where he's like, yep, nope, yep, nope, that he is extremely dissatisfied with how his team played. And even when people were asking questions, try to lead him into making compliments about guys, he just like was not buying yeah. into it. And so I think that, you know, a lot of guys have something to prove to your point. You know, Cam Atkinson has been at the top of people's lists as far as that conversation goes. Uh, Tyson Forrester needs to definitely pick it up a little bit. And, you know, before this road trip and, you know, before the, the Kraken game, even we were talking a lot about the call up for this road trip to have an extra forward and we wanted it to be somebody who they would actually rotate in there because when you need to mix things up a little bit, whether it's to get Cam Atkinson going or whether it's to, you know, find different combinations that can click offensively, God bless Rhett Gardner. Like he's a solid guy, but like he's not the option you want here, right? Oh, you need somebody offensive. Like whoever you're going to bring in, you're going to want to 
boost your offense. You're going to want fresh legs. You're going to want fast, a little bit of speed. And they could have used that the last two games because, again, if you go back and you take away the six-on-five goals, you're not looking at much scoring at all. And and with the Seattle game, you were looking at, you know, a shorthanded opportunity as the shorthanded goal as the as the goal, right? So five on five, they're not doing much. And and that's where it would have been nice to have somebody who you could rotate in to kind of spark that, like you said. And that's on John. Because again, that's his choice. And I understand that things were going better three or four days ago, but that doesn't mean you should never have a plan B. You should always have a plan B. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, it just gives them one less option to go yeah. to. And I think when you're on a longer road trip, you definitely need an option there. It's not just for injury coverage, though. That is the primary reason why you right. have an extra guy. But I, I just think that it does give them one fewer option to go to. And again, you know, you look at the Oilers seven and three in their last 10 um, all those guys you talked about, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl getting hot. Good home um, they're team. They're good at home. Really, really good home team. Um, you know, their last win, 7-2 uh, to two against the Ducks. Uh, that is not too shabby. They won 3-2 to two against the Kings. And they've beaten, you know, they beat the Sharks. But they also beat the Rangers and Devils as part of their winning streak that they're on. So they they faced a variety of teams, both in style and in uh, ability, and, and they've managed to get it done. And, you know, I think that there are opportunities for the Flyers here, to your point, with the, the defensive side of things on the Oilers. Oilers score 3.56 goals per game, which is great, and that's tough to defend against, but they also allow 3.24 goals per game. So... Mm -hmm. You know, I, this feels like a game that's going to be five to four in a lot of ways, unless the Flyers can figure out a way to shut it down. Right. I think they're going to try and play it close to the vest. I don't know if it's going to work, but I think that's the way they're going to play it because they know that they haven't had a lot of scoring lately and they know that they probably have a better chance of locking it down. Now, they did get the first goal last game and it didn't matter, but they're going to try right. for that again and see what that does for them. I'm pretty sure that's going to be the strategy. Uh, as far as, you know, it goes for um, for the Edmonton Oilers, they've been playing playoff hockey for a month. Like, they've been trying to get back, and they finally got back. And so, you know, you're going to see the best of McDavid. You're going to see the best of a lot of their players. And, and this is one where I feel like whatever they did at practice today really mattered. I, you know, we haven't really gotten much – out of reports of that, and that's because they're on, you know, they're all the way out in Alberta. But today's practice to me would be very important, and that's simply because, like, if last night really was as unacceptable as John led us to believe, and I understand that because they even said after the first period or during the first period he was yelling on the bench. The uh, you know we heard about that. Uh, okay, yeah. that's great. Then you could make that up at practice and and get things rolling the right way. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at the Oilers stats oh, since December 1st, let's say, you know, they have absolutely improved defensively, to your point. Um, their goal scoring is even higher per game in that time period. Uh, it's at four. And, you know, you look at their power play percentage. Um, it, it's pretty solid there. And I think that it's going to be a tough, tough thing for the Flyers to 
come back from, but it's something they have to do. If they're going to say we're a good team, you know, and it wasn't just kind of a fluke for those first few months, this is the kind of game they have to win. Yeah. And I think if, if, if John wants to be fair, like he deflected one of the questions and says, well, that's up to Shawzy. Um, you know, what's up to Rocky Thompson? Like, I want to know what's, you know what I mean? Like reporters are probably afraid to ask about the power play at this point. And John doesn't really expound on it anymore. I mean, he really just doesn't except like maybe like a few weeks ago, he said, oh yeah, we're trying something different, but that's about it. I mean, it is just so bad. And it's like, and it, it you can feel the tension that nobody really wants to talk about it. And, and that's not going to help it. Like it's just, and I feel like that's a problem too in the post game. It's just nothing is going to cure that except them actually scoring a lot on the power play, but nothing else is going to cure it. And it is a big elephant in the room as far as just communication goes. And, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they're working on it in practice. I haven't been to a practice in a while, but it's not working. And so like, you know, I don't know how long they're just going to keep at it like the same way or similar ways. Yeah. And, and I do think that, you know, this is a team where the Flyers are going to have to just bottleneck the neutral zone and just make it. That's where they get their turnaround. That's where they get their takeaways and they can get going in the other direction is in the neutral zone, because I think that's kind of one of the one weaknesses that the Oilers have. Yeah, I think that's is, what they're going to try and do. And, make, yeah. you know, McDavid go round, go wide and get mm -hmm. you know, get the zone entry. But again, I I'm going to even tell you last game. Uh, guys like Sean Walker need to cool it on on the amount of time that he pinches and everything else. I get that you're a pretty good skater, but you know what? The defense hasn't been strong enough lately where you could just go and just go right deep into the zone there. And it's like, at times, there's both guys are doing it deeper than what I would like. It, it, it's risky business. And as you get later into the season here, you can really get burned on that. And that, to me, is... I get that Walker has some points, but I don't really care if Sean Walker scores points. I don't know about you. It's not what I'm looking for out of him. Yeah, I think he's got to be uh, the anchor into that yeah. in that middle pairing defensively. So, uh, yeah, I think absolutely his scoring is a bonus. It's not like the main thrust of, of what we're expecting from him. But, yeah, I do think, you know, again, this is just a key game for the Flyers to kind of get back on track here and, you know, get something positive to come out of this road trip overall. Uh, the Flyers, of course, do play the Edmonton Oilers at 9 p.m. Eastern, a little Flyers mostly after dark. You can catch every section. Uh, you can catch every second of the Flyers hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app search for Flyers. We are going to switch gears and talk about the Lehigh Valley Phantoms coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets and with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for all the fun you'll have. My favorite part of the Game Time app is that it's great for getting notified about last minute tickets and flash deals. Plus, you can get that all important view from your seat 
Game time has deals right up to the start of the event and sometimes even up to an hour after it starts. It is the place to find your last minute tickets. Also, tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Tomorrow on the show, we will be recapping that game in Edmonton, as well as answering your mailbag questions. So get them in. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. You can send us a message on Twitter or comment over on YouTube. Russ, a uh, little frustration in Allentown right now. Uh, this past week, the Phantoms uh, went one and two. Uh, which was not great because that win wasn't even that good either, to be honest. So um, right now they're kind of back more uh, closer to 500 hockey, but they're still in seventh in the division, not making any headway here. It's a little frustrating, I got to say. It is frustrating. Um, we expect more. I mean, they've got players there. They, you know, missing Rick Gardner should not mean that much. You had a bunch of guys scoring. Now, granted, they still were a bit of a one-line team at times, especially when yeah. Luxell was out, but Luxell's not out. So, you know, someone asked me the other day, like, who deserves to go up? And I, I still said Adder. Um, you know, if they wanted to give to Amala a couple games, I'm not against that. And I would say Cooper Marodi, but I don't think Tortorella would ever play him. So I don't no. – so otherwise, I think it would be a great story because he does work his ass off and he – He's really been really good, and I, I like the guy as a player. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I don't know. I just it, – it is a little frustrating in the sense that they're not getting the results. And, like I said, we wanted to see – we just want to see one winning weekend where they actually win two or three games clean. I don't know if we're ever going to see that, Rachel. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what – the missing link is here. Um, I mean, it's certainly not going to happen when your top prospects aren't performing um, as well. And, you know, I get it. It's that part of the season where guys are starting to feel banged up and, you know, guys have been in and out of the lineup because of the illnesses that have been going around and there's all of that. Um, but at the same time, you got to find different ways to win here and, you know, when those guys aren't producing, when Lazinski isn't producing as much, uh, when Lixell isn't producing as much, uh, Tuomala, you know, not producing as much. And did I read that like, Gendron had a fighting major? Yes, you did. So that's, that's a whole other thing, because I do want to talk about Gendron um, as part of this. But um, looking at those, those guys, you know, at the top of the call sheet, so to speak, not producing like you aren't going to get the results so Cooper Marodi is now the team leader in points scored um with uh, 27 points right now it's his first week at, at first overall on the team um you know which is great for him everything you said about him is 100% true and I would not be sad if he got a Flyers call up no. I think he deserved honestly and I think he would fit in nicely I think I would rather have him there than Red Gardner, I gotta say, yeah. if you're gonna pick like an AHL guy, no question. You know, all that being said, that's a, a huge part of it. Um, I, I think that they're just 
not figuring out ways to win. They're not figuring out ways to close off teams. And they're also like when they are playing well, they can't put together a complete game. So you look at, at the game against Hershey, which they lost four to nothing. Two of those three periods, the Phantoms played stellar hockey, shutting down Hershey, four shots on goal allowed per period for those first two periods. Hershey scored a goal, but it was the weirdest fluky bounce goal from b- behind the red, like should not have been a goal. It was, right. it, so really essentially kept them off the board for two full periods. Then the last period, it was just kind of like, a little bit lazy defensively and Hershey just stepped up their game. So that's affecting the goaltending now too, the defense. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it was just like, they just couldn't complete the game there. And that was the most frustrating game for me this weekend. I mean, it was a close tie with that first game against Utica where they were winning um, four to one. And then they wind up winning five to four uh, because they let Utica get back into it. Yeah. Uh, with like three unanswered goals. So, you know, I, I just, they're letting up defensively in a way that they just cannot. Yeah. And they're over the weekend for the power play. That's not good. No. And, and that's part of it too. Like the power play has been like their bread and butter all season. And when you go over 10 in three games, that's not going to help you either. It's tough. I really would like to say, and I think it is fair to say that we are seeing some development in certain players, but the team aspect really not any better. I mean, it's really not yeah. results wise results. Right. And I think that continues to be the case. Um, one thing I will say about the penalties, uh, you, you brought up the gender on fighting major. That's a weird thing, but the, you know, the Phantoms have had the most penalty minutes in the league for the season ongoing they've actually been getting a lot better the penalty minutes are going down um and if you look at the stats of number of times shorthanded the the phantoms are still the worst in the league with the most times shorthanded but the next team below them is only um two times below them now so it's like the number of penalties is going down um but they're so far ahead in minutes that it's going to take like a, a long stretch before any other team catches up to them and and surpasses them in penalty minutes or there's just a barn burner of a game where a team gets like 80 penalty minutes in a game or something yeah i mean like that you can see the the pk is is fine but the power play is sagging now yeah absolutely absolutely so you know i i think that there are aspects of the game that are good for this team. There are players that are performing well or generally well. And maybe this week it was just a downturn. I think Samu Tuomala got to follow up with him over the next couple of weeks and just say, okay, was this weekend a fluke, you know, or was it something legitimate that's going to continue? And, um, you know, I'm just hopefully thinking, you know, we've got a two game weekend coming up instead of three that maybe these guys can put it all out there and figure out ways to win. Yeah, they have to do it. Um, what's interesting is they seem to be, the power play actually seems to be struggling more at home too. So I don't know if it's like, they're sort of like not performing in front of the home crowd. That happens sometimes. It's happening with the Flyers this year. So, you know, I wonder if that's going to start happening with them. Well, there's a lot more to get into. I want to get into a, a few individual performances and we will do that coming up next. 
The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app's so easy to use that there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explorer tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find out popular parlays, and more. And again, I, I would go with the Patriots over the Jets, especially if it's Belichick's last game. Just, you know, go with it. Trust me. As a Jet fan, I kind of know. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. LockedOn has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel over on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you, covering all the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today over on YouTube to subscribe. Russ, uh, want to talk about uh gendron now um he actually was one of the guys that stepped up this weekend and had a pretty solid couple of games he played in two of the three games so that's something we had talked about uh, specifically was getting him into more games so he played the first and third game this weekend the first game of the weekend uh was especially good for him he had a goal and an assist in that win on on uh, Wednesday. Was back in on Sunday. He had an assist, and that's where he got the fighting major <laughs> in the loss. Um, did not expect to see that happen, but it no. did. <laughs> that's all right, though. I mean, point wise, at least he's done well. Um, yeah, I'm just saying it. Just seems like it must be frustration. Yeah, I think it, just the way that game went uh, was not ideal either because Charlotte went ahead for nothing in that game. And, you know, the Phantoms got a couple of back, but then Charlotte put it away uh, with an empty netter at the end of the game. So it, it was uh, not great overall. Um, you know, Wade Allison, I think, also had a, a good game on Wednesday. Um, they actually talked to him. Um, so I, I listened to an extended interview of him. And he's like, I think he's really got a good sense of where he is right now and what he has to do. And, you know, he's working on different aspects of his game. You know, when he can't get the goals in, he's like figuring out other stuff and making some small improvements. So I don't know. I, I think his goal is proving is that he's an AHL player and not an NHL player. If you ask me. Um, that may be the case, but yeah. I, I do think that um, he at least knows where he's at. And I think that's important. Okay. I don't um, think that's where he wants to be, though. That's the thing. No, no. But I, I think he knows what he has to do to get there. It's just a matter of can he do it? And I don't know the answer to that uh, right now. But um, I also think Ronnie Adderd, um, you know, we've been talking about him as the guy to call up for yeah. power play help. I still think that's the right call because he's been playing generally uh, really well. He's still the top scoring defenseman on the team. And I think, you know, he had been making like a few mistakes here and there. And I think he's cleaned up uh, some of that. I a still think bit. he plays better when he comes up anyhow. I, I yeah. feel like, you know, there isn't, he gets a better partner. It's no offense to anybody down there, but I just think he does. Yeah. He has better power play guys if he's on the power play. Yep, absolutely. Um, there are some guys like that that play better yeah. at the NHL level than the AHL level just because they rise to the level of the competition. And he yeah. is definitely uh, one of those guys as well. And I think like playing with Mete, 
has been good for him as well. I think they're just a good combination in terms of making each other better. Yeah, I think that's true. And that's and that's good. I mean, you know, Mete's like pro-like uh, defenseman, so that does give him the feel for it. I had been upset that he and Jinning were split up, but I think like the separation between those two in terms of just how much they've improved, I'm talking about Jinning and Adderd. I think that, you know, Adderd has made so much more progress than Jinning. I mean, Jinning is yeah. fine. Um, well, I don't there's nothing wrong with Jinning, but like I said, I, and when I said pro, like I meant NHL, like, you know, Mete's got yeah. NHL experience, so it does give him the feel. That's, that's just an edge that Jinning can't do. That's all. Right. And and he's a great partner for Ethan Sampson, who's yeah. like still learning the ropes at, at the pro level. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's settled out, I think, pretty nicely on the blue line as far as the pairings go. It's just the execution, I think, as the team defense execution, because it's when are not they gonna just get it together. Like 2024 yeah. started like they they got to, you know, get on the stick here. It's, you know, I know this the season runs through April, but like it gets there quick. You know, it really does. Yeah. Um, I do want to quickly mention some sort of non-Phantoms AHL notes uh, just because uh, former Phantoms are alive and well and, and hurting the Phantoms as they often do. Wednesday, Max Willman scored two goals against the Phantoms. Um, and uh, our old pal Jackson Cates actually got a full AHL deal with Rockford. Um, right. He was on a PTO there for a while. So very glad to see that for Jackson, that he's found, uh, you know, a stable home. Yep. In, solid the, guys, in the you know, solid player. And, uh, of course, there's like uh, 11D. There's really only like four X-Phantoms on Hershey. Um, but they always seem to, <laughs> to figure things. To, anyhow. I know. I know. I was having a conversation about who were my two least favorite AHL teams, and it was like Hershey and Charlotte, honestly. Yeah, like, Charlotte just won the other day. Yeah. 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 So losing to my two least favorite teams in the week was not, not ideal. Not a good weekend not, for you. But just think if you were an Eagles fan, how it feels. Oh, never mind. Sorry. I would not poke that bear if I were you. Right? I'm just saying. I'm just adding it on to your – because a lot of people – look. On this show, I had some people telling me we were looking for the Flyers to at least beat Calgary so they could feel better about the city because, like, they lost to the Eagle and the Flyers didn't come through for them either. And even the Phantoms didn't come through for them. So it really wasn't a good weekend for for the fans, and that, that sucks. Yeah, especially when I know the Phantoms put together a really good uh, New Year's Eve game uh, night. So it was a bummer oh, yeah. to have them, them not win that one. But... Uh, looking ahead to this upcoming uh, week, like I said, two games. So on Saturday, they are at Wilkes-Barre Scranton, which I would say is in like the second tier of teams I do not like. Yeah. And then uh, they've got to go to Hershey on a Sunday. So Wilkes-Barre Scranton, Hershey back to back. It is a tall order, but th- like you got to you got to rise to the occasion at some point. Yeah. Make a statement. Yeah. You know, this might be the statement. It's got to have to happen. They got to get, I mean, I, they're, they're in playoff trouble. Yeah. And it's really important for this team to make the playoffs. I, yeah. I, it really is to get our prospects that kind of intensity and experience. And uh, they got to get themselves there. And it's not though. just for That's the ones that are there. It could be the ones that are coming, like Cutter Gauthier, let's say, and, and otherwise, you know, that's that's a big deal. If you can get, you know, a young player like that, not only to play in the AHL, 
but to play in the AHL playoffs. You know, yep. Gauthier will get some NHL games too. Don't get me wrong if he comes over. But playing some NHL games at the end of the season compared to playing in the AHL playoffs, I will always tell you it's better for that player to play in the AHL playoffs. Absolutely. All right. Well, that will do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back tomorrow to recap the game against the Oilers and have our mailbag. So get those questions in via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on our YouTube channel. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.